This presentation is from Design Research 2017, held in Sydney. For more presentations from this and other conferences, please visit uxaustralia.com.au. Right. Good afternoon. Um, my name is Suhasni Vempati, and I'm a UX designer at finder.com.au. Anyone in the audience read Outliers by Malcolm Gladwell? So you'll find this a little bit familiar. Um, my talk today is inspired by a true story that I first read in this book, Outliers. While Malcolm Gladwell's take on this particular story um, talks about meaningful work and how indicating such a work um, heightens people's possibilities for success. My take on this story is slightly different, but I'm keeping all of the details exactly intact, just as Malcolm Gladwell left it. Okay. Now, we all know designers thrive when working on a concept and a context that allows them to shape their ideas, taking into consideration what people covet and use. And we know that um, design does not always need research. But if we don't go out and study the world, we don't always know what we are going to create and how we will create it. OK, today you will all hear a story. A long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. <laughs> not really, but you will hear a story uh, where I will try and draw parallels between um, the present-day research design techniques and those that existed seemingly quite similar back in the day in 1890s. So let's, head, let's go take a journey back in time. 1889. Lewis and Regina Borgnicht. Now, if there is someone who feels that I have mispronounced that last surname, please let me know, otherwise that will stick. <laughs> Borgenicht, we're all good with that? Okay. So Lewis and Regina Borgenicht left the old world, boarded a transatlantic ocean liner bound to America. They set up a home in a tiny apartment in Manhattan's Lower East Side for $8 a month. Lewis took to the streets looking for work. With a small baby and another one on the way, he had this desperate sense of urgency to provide for his family. He sold many things, tablecloths, notebooks, fruits, fish, etc., but without much luck. Um, and after many, many days of walking up and down Manhattan's Lower East Side, the answer came to him, clothes. Every, everywhere around him, stores were being opened with skirts, shirts, dresses, everything ready to be worn. And there is our first design research technique, observing and understanding people, which Lewis did by taking out a notebook and then making notes of what people were wearing and what, sto what the stores were selling. Okay. Now, he spent many days walking up and down the streets, understanding the market. He wanted to find something novel, to sell, something that people would wear but was not being sold in stores. 
And there is our second design research technique, need finding. One day during his research of walking up and down the streets, he came upon a group of little girls playing hopscotch. One of the little girls was wearing uh, an embroidered apron that was cut low in the front with a tie in the back. And suddenly it struck to him that of all these days of relentlessly inventorying stores and streets, he never saw any particular store sell these aprons. He, came, he ran home and told his wife, Regina, and they worked straight for next two days, um, making aprons of all shapes and sizes. Lewis took these aprons to the street to sell. Little girls' aprons, um, children's aprons, 10 cents for colored aprons, 15 cents for white aprons, Little girls' aprons, come and have a look. All 40 were gone by 1 o'clock that afternoon. He ran home crying. He ran home shouting, Ma, we found our business. You've got to help me. We'll work together. Ma, this is our business. And here we have our third design research technique, ideation, that leads to concept validation. Now, in Lewis, by 1892, Lewis and Regina had branched out into making other garments and employed 20 people. Regina used to have ideas of what she would want to sell, and she started making samples of these garments, of these dresses, and Lewis would take them to his customers and to his uh, friends with much success. Ma our dresses will, will save a lot of, will, will save endless working hours for mothers, he said. Now there's our fourth design research te technique, user testing. In Lewis's own words, I wanted to sell popular price items. I wanted to sell those things that the majority of people would wear, that they could afford, and and that would also work from a business point of view, as in, I would be able to sell it in a small store, in a large store, a country store, and a city store. And there is our fifth design research technique, defining context. When he was asked about his decision to branch away from aprons, because that was a very novel idea, Lewis mentioned, of all my days of studying in the market, I found out that there were only three people making children's clothes. One of them only made to order, and the other two, one of them included Bloomingdale Brothers, were into selling expensive and luxury goods, which I had no intention to compete with. As you all may recall earlier in the story, that he sold his aprons for 10 cents, and here we can see things for 59 and 67 cents. And there is our sixth design research technique, competitor analysis. Now, we could compare the Bogonics to a startup, much competing against pe people with more money, people with more power, like Bloomingdale's or Saks Fifth Avenue, which was uh, founded by Andrew Sachs, which, all, which, by the way, all flourished in the 1890s and 1900s. 
But we, and we don't always, and we don't need to stretch our imaginations too, too far away to realize who left behind a very, very, pop, very impressionable legacy in the fashion industry. We all know Bloomingdale's and Saks Fifth Avenue. But we also cannot discount the hard work that the Borgonics put into their dream. Um, it did not matter that they wanted to cater for the mass market. It did not matter that they wanted to uh, create things for, for a large number of people. Um, in, the, in the era of sweatshops and, uh, and poor working conditions, the legacies left behind the Borgonics was fair work, work, working conditions and good business ethical conduct. Uh, stories say that the Borgonics used to treat their employees like their family and used to have regular meals with them. Now, the story tells us one thing. Research taught this non-English speaking Jewish immigrant couple from Eastern Europe how to plug into popular culture and, to, and adjust their business tactics by adjusting to their user needs. And I think it paid off very handsomely for them. This, their story drives home this vital point. Good research leads to great user experience and smart business. Thank you. We hope you enjoyed this presentation from Design Research 2017. For more presentations from this and other conferences, please visit uxaustralia.com.au.